What is going on, everybody? It is Friday, June 18th, and this is another Tailgoats Podcast Tribe Recap. i recap the last uh, four series. Bobby Bradley and the comparison to the 2007 Cleveland Indians. My name is Will Finn with the Tailgoats. Last time we talked, we had just finished up uh, the Memorial Day weekend series with the AL Central Division leading Chicago White Sox, and we took two out of three from them, and we were two and a half games back of the Chicago White Sox with a record of 30-24. and 24. Since then, we had an abysmal trip to Baltimore, losing two out of three, including an 18-5 to five loss, just an absolute clunker. And we went to St. Louis and split, including a 10-1 to win over the St. Louis Cardinals after that club, uh, clunker on Sunday. So Tuesday bounced back with a big win and then lost on Wednesday getaway day. We came home for a home a home stand starting with a string of 18 games in 19 days. And everybody's very concerned about this stretch of games given the injury injuries to not only pitching but the lineup and if this could all hold up. But they 18 games in 19 days to finish out June and then 11 straight to finish the first half of the season, which I can't believe is 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 almost here. We're talking about All Star Break and in Colorado already, and the Indians are trying to get you to push to vote for guys to get into the All Star game. Uh, so, eighteen games in nineteen days in June, eleven straight in July. So, what is that? That's uh, we got twenty nine games in the next 30 days, which is just absolutely insane. Probably going to be a rain hour or two in there, but anyways, we came home. We took two out of three from Seattle. I believe they won Friday and Saturday, lost on Sunday, and then got revenge on the last place Orioles in a four-game series in which uh, it was the first four-game sweep of Baltimore since 1998, and I had to look back because I wasn't sure that 1998 ball. Baltimore team was uh, any good because the, the 1997 Baltimore Orioles ended up in the ALCS with us, and that was a great series. But the 1998 uh, Baltimore Orioles weren't very good. But nonetheless, four-game sweep, that's tough. First four-game sweep of Baltimore uh, since 1998. So now we stand at 38-28, and 28, 10 games above 500, three and a half games behind the Chicago White Sox, who are winners of uh, seven of their last ten, like the Tribe, so no real movement there. But we now find ourselves one game back of Houston for the second uh, wild card spot, and two and a half, two and a half games back of Boston. Who, by the way, I, you know what? I don't really think um, they make a wild card spot. They're they're starting pitching; it's a bit overperforming to start the year, and and they're coming back down to earth a bit. So let's let's watch Boston a little bit closely and see what happens there. We haven't we have not played Boston yet, so that's a that's another big series that um, I have to look a, ahead and see where that's at because given the wild card standings, those will be huge games. So thirty eight and twenty eight, that's the best start since two thousand seven. This time in the calendar year, that ball club ended up uh, hitting the six hundred mark at June thirtieth at forty eight and thirty two which was good enough for first place in the AL Central. Uh, more on that later. We will talk a little comparison between the 2007 Indians and the 2021 Indians, which, if you don't remember, the 2007 Indians made it to within outs you know, of the, of the World Series. 
they were up three games to one on Boston and ended up losing three straight to that team that ended up sweeping the Colorado Rockies. And man, I mean, I know that that uh, season's 14 years ago, but in my lifetime, other than uh, the 1997 World Series, I feel like, okay, I, obviously the 2016 World Series isn't that, isn't, is, is short-term memory. Uh, was a very winnable series, but the Chicago Cubs were also a very, very good team. I don't think we had any business really being there. That was a team that blossomed in, in September and October and was very close, obviously a swing away from winning the World Series. But the 2007 season, that that team was playing pretty hot and was literally a game away from making it to the World Series. And then it just hurts because Boston ended up sweeping the Colorado Rockies that year. I think that was the most... Man, that's an argument for, I guess, a different day uh, between every time we made the playoffs. I feel like that 2007... Oh, man, that's hard. I feel like, yeah, you would have made the World Series. I think you would have beat Colorado. I think that was the most winnable World Series of the four really... We'll throw 2007 in there as one of the four close to winning or winning a World Series title because 1997, we were obviously outs away. 1995, the, the Braves were unbelievable. And then 2016. And those are the four closest times. But um, we could we could talk about that a different day. I'm I'm uh, my mind's running at 100 miles an hour right now of how much I could talk about that. But a lot of movement since we talked on June 3rd. Let's talk about the player movement a bit and start with uh, the most positive one in Bobby Bradley. And you know I went on Clee Tribecast before the season and I spoke my mind about Bobby Bradley and I spoke my I've spoke my mind a lot on Twitter about Bobby Bradley. Let me get one th- one thing straight here. I I. Don't dislike Bobby Bradley. I think I was disappointed in that in 2019, when he was given his chance, he got relatively a long leash. Okay, and then obviously last year with with COVID and no minor leagues, we really didn't get to see anything from him. So unfortunately, Bobby had this long period of time of, you know who am I and am I a major leaguer? And there's only one way to look at that. And, and that's to hit the cages, hit the T and develop to give it a, sh- give it a shot. You're playing you, at the time he's playing behind both Reyes and Carlos Santana. And you know, there's no real end game there because when you got your chance and you played so incredibly poorly, which I'm going to talk about here in a minute, that's tough. That's tough for a young kid, but he was 23 at the time of his Major League debut in 2019. But anywho, let's talk a little bit more about Bobby Bradley. If you don't know who Bobby Bradley is, maybe I'll give you some trinkets here that you can sound smart around your friends. Bobby Bradley is a 25-year-old kid, out of, uh, first baseman out of Gulfport, Mississippi. His nickname is The Assassin. The Cleveland Indians drafted him. Now, I've been talking about these drafts the last couple weeks, and most of the guys I'm mentioning are 2017, 2018 drafts. He was drafted in the third round of 2014, was supposed to play at uh, Louisiana State University, the Tigers, go Tigers. Uh, He was supposed to play there, but 
ended up signing with the Indians and was an immediate minor league success. And, and maybe that's why the fandom behind him with your true Cleveland Indians fans that really followed the minor leagues. He won the Arizona League Triple Crown and the league's MVP with a 361 average, eight home runs and 50 RBIs. That, that's a triple good for the Triple Crown, 39 games. Let's fast forward, though, and I don't want to be negative. I, I, and I, I think I've been relatively positive on this show. Okay, let's fast forward to the 2019 season after this awesome minor league career with that amassed 147 home runs. He hit 178 in 45 at-bats, which obviously that's a small sample size, but he had 20 strikeouts out of that 45 at-bats. Only had eight hits in 15 games of action. Five of those hits being doubles and one of them being a home run. He was not going to see, I mentioned this a little bit ago, was not going to see a lot of time with Carl Santana and Framil Reyes. But this year, he looks so much more comfortable at the plate. He's lost a bunch of weight. His K rate is half of what it was in 2019. In 31 plate appearances this year, he's got five extra base hits with three home runs, including a 1.237, absolutely sexy OPS. With Jake Bowers DFA'd and now on to Seattle, and nobody else really looming at first base other than, you know, combined with uh, Fran Mel Reyes' injury, Bobby seems to be playing loose and carefree, and we are just starting to see, you know, the tip of the iceberg here. So I, I, love, I love seeing young guys prosper in the league. I don't know what's next for Bobby, you know, when Fran Mel Reyes, which... Starting to sound like that guy's going to be closer to coming back. He's starting to take some swings, appearing in uh, some at the the Meyer Leagues, uh, taking some swings. So that was all. That was all relatively positive. Come on, I like Bobby Bradley. Let's get to a little bit of the negative. We saw Shane Bieber go down to the ten day IL with what is being called right shoulder subscapularis strain. Sources say that he will be reevaluated in a week or two, but a surgical fix is not necessary, which is, or I'm sorry, a surgical fix is very unlikely, which is very good news. So hopefully just some rest and go from there for Mr. Bieber, the Cy Young Award winner. And really, I mean, he carries that staff, which is now without Playsec. Savali looking amazing. 10-game winner. Unbelievable. Unbelievably carrying this team. So we're at about 11 minutes right now. Let's we've had I mentioned the 2007 Indians and everybody's all over that team and oh my goodness is this team as good as the 2007 team and obviously there's a lot to be seen. The 2007 team, like a lot of Indians teams in the past, did not look the same as it did on opening day, but for fun comparisons, they were 96 and 66 to finish the year, which was good for 8 games ahead of Detroit who made it to the World Series the year before and ultimately lost the World Series to St. Louis four games to one. But the 2007 Indians that year, if you remember, took three games, uh, won the American League Division Series, uh, three games to one over New York before, unfortunately, having a 3-1 lead on the Boston Red Sox, losing that best game series, four games to three. And then obviously, as you all know, Boston went on to sweep Colorado in the World Series. That Indians franchise, uh, I'm not going to say franchise, that that um, makeup of that team then, you saw a lot of extensions to guys like Sizemore and Hafner, 
and Fausto Carmona, and that just didn't work out, fortunately. But running through that team, you know, I'm running down the lineup right now, and it's kind of humorous that the guys I'm going to read to you were so close to a World Series. I'm not going to say we're going to make the World Series this year, but what I'm trying to say is that, guys, you have to temper your expectations and enjoy the ride. Enjoy the ride. The team right now is playing 10 games above 500. Got an absolute stinker of a series coming up in Pittsburgh this weekend. Let's have a little fun. So (laughs) who were the mainstays of that team? What was the lineup looking like? Well, I'm not going to go in exact lineup order, but I'll just start at catcher. Catcher, obviously, and Victor Martinez. He was an all-star. He was seventh in the MVP. The argument could be made if he ends up in the Indians Hall of Fame one day because he was such a contributing factor to all those teams and great overall guy. Let's move to first base. Ryan Garko. Remember him? Put up his best season with the Indians. 289, 21 home runs. Bobby Bradley better than Ryan Garko? Hmm? I don't know. I don't know. Certainly, Victor Martinez is better than the catching situation right now. I'm a, I'm a big fan of Roberto Perez. Allegedly, I think he's seeing a hand specialist this week. Saw some on-field drills. I think he's traveling with the team to Pittsburgh. See Thomas Graham, that famous hand surgeon. I've had the pleasure of working with him. Good guy. He's the best. So let's see what Dr. Graham has to say. Moving on to second base. As Drupal Cabrera, rookie season. One of the few guys still playing from those teams. Looking down here, I don't think anybody else is playing. Hit 283 as a rookie. Let's move over to shortstop. Johnny Peralta. 270, 21 home runs. Steroids? Yeah. Is that a steroid season? No comparison here at third base. I'm a big Casey Blake fan. Hit 270, 18 home runs, 36 doubles, but give the slight edge. We'll give the slight edge to Jose Ramirez. <laughs> He's playing like an MVP candidate. Not going to win the MVP this year, but certainly top five playing out of his mind this year. Again, carrying the lineup and you know, so much can be said about the hustle factor. And when you're playing with young guys and you're seeing a guy like Jose Ramirez do what he did the other day, got into an unfortunate rundown. This is mixed with bad defense. Got into an unfortunate rundown between first and second. Beats the run down out. Notices nobody's at third. Gets up. No helmets. All out sprint. Tum, uh, tummy fall, uh, fumbling, bubbling his way into third. The young guys see that and feed off of it. Yes, they're laughing, but that brings so much life to that dugout clubhouse when you have the best player on your team taking two bases when he should have been. Uh, he could have just yielded and, and taken the run the rundown out. How about this outfield? Kenny Lofton, late addition to that 2017, hit 283 that season, was awesome in the playoffs, awesome leadership. Don't be surprised around the deadline if they go out and get a guy like that. Don't be surprised. Grady Sizemore, 266, 
13, or I'm sorry, 277, 24 home runs, 33 stolen bases, earned that paycheck. <sighs> Grady's ladies, unfortunately, disappointed with every season after that. How about Franklin Gutierrez? Remember him? Is he still playing? I gotta look. I'm going to look him up after I record here. 266, 13 home runs. This, this lineup, I mean, you had Hafner here at DH, 266, 24 home runs. Seeing a lot of good averages. Obviously, the the averages above 260. Every, everybody's there. Everybody consistently hit decent in that lineup and had some pop. Starting pitching, obviously. You had CC Sabathia. <laughs> Believe it or not, you had uh Cliff Lee coming out of the bullpen and ended up ended up being a uh Cy Young Award winner years later. I mean, that's just Unbelievable how deep they were pitching even back then. Roberto Hernandez was a 19-game winner. Paul Bird in that infamous game of the Boston was con- uh, accusing him of cheating. How about Jake Westbrook, 6-9 and nine that year? Cliff Lee, 5-8. and eight. Jeremy Sowers. Jeez, I haven't heard that name in a while. Everybody loves to complain about the old bullpens. Joe Borowski, 45, 45 saves that year. Rafael Betancourt. This is going down memory lane, guys. I love this. Absolutely love it. So, let's give this argument a couple weeks. Maybe I'll revisit it at All-Star break if we're still hanging around with, uh, you know, that, 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 that record for that 2007 team. For around that record at All-Star break, I'll, I'll, I'll break it down a little bit more once we have a few bit more juicier stats on the current guys. So what's next? I talked about the Pittsburgh series. If you're listening at home, all these times are Eastern Standard Times if you're here in Cleveland. Three-game series with Pittsburgh starting today. I don't know when you're going to listen, but Friday, June 18th. 7 o'clock game tonight, 4 o'clock game Saturday, 1 o'clock game on Sunday, Father's Day. Happy Father's Day to everybody. Then immediately we head to Chicago to face the Cubs. That'll be a Monday and Tuesday two-game set. Once again, we played them in a two-game set before. 8 o'clock game, 8 o'clock game, and then our last day off before the uh, All-Star break. Four-game series against the last place, Minnesota Twins. That's a Thursday Thursday through Sunday series with, uh, once again, Eastern Standard Times. 8 o'clock, 8 o'clock, 2 o'clock, 2 o'clock. I probably, I'm off this week. I have a wedding tomorrow, Saturday, and then a wedding next Friday. Likely going to get another Tribe recap that Sunday. Uh, lots to look forward to with the tail goats. I've been super busy with wedding season. It's been fun. But we have the NBA Draft Lottery Show coming up June 22nd. Mark and I, maybe maybe I'll, I'll push Andy to get some basketball talk out of him. <sighs> rough day, rough day to even be thinking about the Cavs. They, um, they've fallen so far. I don't know what to do with the roster. My fancy basketball group chat, CST, shout out if you're listening. Uh, we, uh, I've been rough on them today, just saying just tear it down. Tear it down. Oklahoma City had the same record as us, and I feel like they have 40-something first-round picks over the next seven years. So blow up the Cavs. I, I, I don't know where to begin. Um, we're still figuring out how we want to do MMA stuff, but configuring a ton of new content for you guys. Uh, 
looking forward to a lot getting Mark and Andy back in studio as we can. As you guys know, they can't do baseball, but do not worry. Behind the scenes, they are working on some good stuff. So, as always, till next time, thanks for listening. I'm Will Finn with another Tailgoat Tribe Recap.